episode number lucky 13 of season one of the Wit and Whiskey cast. I, of course, am your drunken debonair host, Mark Rossetti, along with my wonderful co-host, DJ Gagnon. hey yo. And today we're going to do something that's near and dear to, I think, all of our hearts. Arguably the greatest toy ever created. This week it's going to be whiskey and Legos. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Little Denmark company that could, you know? You never know what's going to come from the Norse regions of Europe. Supercars, good beer, and Legos. And Vikings? Well, a long time ago, yes. I knew a history thing. But, you know, in the in the 20th century, we the, we have Koenigsegg, we have, I guess, Spiker, technically, although they were Dutch, and, uh, you know, some, some decent breweries, Heineken, amongst others, and then uh, Legos, all coming from the same, you know, Baltic region of Europe. I like it. As do I. It's pretty good. So, before we jump into that, though, what did you do this week? Lots of work, of course, but I'm not going to talk about that. I got in a couple of uh, trades this week that I thought you'd find pretty interesting, Mark. All right. Um, I got... So apparently there is a series of comics. I haven't done any research as to what... Like, when it was written and what the canon is around Batman, but there was a series of Robin comics called Robin Volume 2, and I, I don't know if there's a Volume 1, so I will try and find some more stuff about that for next time. But it's a really cool look at Tim Drake's run as Robin. Robin is my favorite superhero, dear listeners. Everyone looks at me a little strange when I say that, but don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. Uh, so it, it's a pretty cool double set. I got, uh, I don't remember what the first one is called, but the second one's called Teenage Wasteland, so it's very, like... 90s skate punk a little bit and like at one point robin talks a college kid off the roof like it's it's all oh really lord yeah it's it's some really interesting stuff i think the the second one starts with batgirl is dead and robin's blamed for it um okay yeah because that makes perfect sense in canon but sure well i'm i'm sure he is exonerated i haven't read it yet but I hope because these comics are out of print, I had to get lightly used copies of them that were a little beat up. So I got some like library supplies today and from the store online. And I started putting these like matte, like plastic sticky things on the outside of them, like you would see in a library. And it took me like a couple hours to get three or four books done that way because I've never done this before. But they came up pretty smooth, and it's like a nice protective coating, so I may be putting this on most of my my paperback trades. There you go. That works. I picked up a used copy of Batman and Superman Public Enemies, the first volume a couple of weeks ago that I haven't got to yet, but they're getting harder and harder to find because they're out of print, too. So Nice. Probably, if not the best DC animated movie, it's definitely top two or top three. So I'm a really big fan. I think Bad Blood is my favorite. Bad Blood is pretty good. Gods and Monsters is pretty good, even though that's an Elseworlds tale. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Assault on Arkham is basically everything the live-action universe should be. So that's another one. Definitely check that out if you haven't already. Nice. So what else have you been up to this week? Well, I went, not long after we recorded the last episode, I went to a uh, that small little... RC car track I've been working on and it's finally it's not done yet but it's finally done enough that I was actually able to take my car out and bang out a few laps which was a lot of fun it rubbered in uh, pretty nicely you know by the time we were done we did eh, 40 laps 50 laps give or take ran a couple tanks of fuel through it damn just to do it um, which was enjoyable and then Wednesday night I had a, a work thing but it ended up being decent because we were able to it was it coincided with a cigar smoker dinner thing, so we were able to sort of just blend into that and get some decent stogies and have some drinks. I had a glass of port. I haven't had port in years, but they came around. They're like, "Oh, would you like an after dinner drink, sir?" And I was like, "Sure." And they're like, "Here's all our cognac." And I was like, "Yeah, no, I, no, just no." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, well, how about some port?" Yeah, all right. Send whip that up. Send it in my head. So nice. I was gonna have an Irish coffee, but. The, the, the port was the port was pretty good 
That's awesome. That reminds me, I started a new experiment in the lab this week I almost forgot to tell you about. Okay. You might hate this, but I'm making two different variants on a pumpkin spice liqueur. Yeah, break out your Ugg books. Yeah. Ugg boots, rather. DJ's going basic white bitch on us. Yeah, I've got two big gallon jars in the basement. I, I roasted a sugar pumpkin, split it in half, chopped it up, put it in the two jars, and then I've got one half. Uh, the spice mix is the same. I think I did like three cinnamon sticks, uh, half a vanilla bean, a whole nutmeg, you know, broken up and some clove and then I poured vodka in one of them and overproof rum and like a cup and a half of brandy in the second one mm, that, could, that could be either really good or terrible I don't think there's going to be anything in the middle with those I mean I, I basically have until like Wednesday to wait now I, I shake them up like every other day and then I'm going to taste them on Wednesday see how they came out and then I'll sweeten them Okay, so that'll be fun that's not terrible so, Mark, what do you what do you uh, what do you what are you drinking? Well, see, I'm making fun of you for going all basic white bitch, but uh, <laughs> what I'm doing today is is uh, pretty BWB myself. So, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and break every single rule, pretty much, of the Wit and Whiskey cast with this one. So, I assume you're not drinking whiskey. Well, I'm drinking. It's officially a whiskey. Uh huh. So I don't, and I think we've gone over this in the previous 12 episodes, I don't enjoy uh, flavored whiskeys. I don't really enjoy flavored anything, pretty much, as our review of the Warheads beer you know, made pretty clear, I think. But when we were at this uh, dinner, work dinner, slash cigar function, slash veal chops bigger than your head night out, one of the people at the next table over was going on and on and on about a whiskey called Screwball. And once I finally was able to Google it, because, of course, it's spelled with a K and not with a C, which, you know, just flummoxed my abilities to find this thing. It's a peanut butter whiskey. Oh, I heard about this. And this gave me a moment of pause because peanut butter is arguably my kryptonite. Ugh. Only, un- only unlike kryptonite, you know, peanut butter doesn't save the world from aliens, so it, it's just it's all bad. But I said, eh, you know, that wouldn't, eh, whatever, blah blah blah. And I just put the thought in the back of my head. And then a- after another uh, conversation with my friend Mike, he mentioned that he saw a recipe online for if you have the Yingling Hershey's Porter. You mix some of that with screwball, and you make a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Boilermaker. And I was like, huh, because I already have the Yingling Hershey's beer. So I decided I was going to just swing by the one liquor store on my way home from work, and if they had it, great, and if they didn't, they didn't. Now, this is where it gets rather interesting, because I walk in the door, and of course I can't find it, because I only know where the proper whiskey is. Uh Uh-huh. So the young lady there, you know, asked me what I need. And I said, well, do you have any of that screwball? And she goes, oh, I think we're all sold out. But there may have been a case on the truck this morning. Let me look. And so she goes in the back, and there's one case you know, on the truck. And she says, you're in luck, because they sent the big bottles. And I said, well, I don't, I don't want a handle of this stuff. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that you had a pint, actually. And she's like, oh, no, you, you definitely want the handle. And I'm like, no, you really don't understand. <laughs> I really don't want the handle. <laughs> now, figure this one out, DJ. You're good with numbers and computing and mathematics. A fifth of Screwball in Pennsylvania. $32.99. Woof. Do you want to take a guess what they charged me for the handle? Uh, 60 3499 What the hell? So for $2, you get literally double the bottle. Why does this sound like a get two McDoubles at McDonald's deal? <laughs> yeah, so at that point, my cheap Italianness overrode my stubbornness, and I said, well, for $2, I can't not buy it. D- did they offer you a free hot apple pie as well? Uh, I wish. <laughs> 
So I, I, well, I was really white trash because I also bought those cans of Jack and Coke that I sent you the photo of during the week. Oh, God. That was my entire purchase at the liquor store was a handle of screwball and these pre-made Jack and Cokes in a can. So, yeah, I'm throwing whatever credibility this podcast has clean out the window. Yeah. Uh, listeners, at what point do we revoke Mark's whiskey snob card? I mean, I, I write in. Let, well, let us know. Maybe, it, maybe it's a three-strike policy. I was going to say, this might be it right here. So I, I have my little assembly set here in front of me. I have the bottle of screwball. I have a bottle of the Yingling Porter. I have several glasses. So we're going to simultaneously, I'm going to make the Boilermaker and drink, drink some of it, and I'm going to review some of the screwball whiskey uh, itself, plain. So we're going to get a two-for-one here. Now, of course, you know, a true Boilermaker, you're supposed to drop the shot into the glass and then chug the whole thing down. I'm not going to do that because it's going to make such a mess because... Number one, the Hershey's Porter is like tar. It's like molasses coming out of the bottle. But two, just looking at this screwball in uh, my shot glass here, this has a little viscosity to it. Uh-huh, yeah. This, this seems a little thick. So uh, I don't want to make a big mess, so I'm just going to pour some into the glass right now and then just sort of mix it all up with my hand here. So this is a... Hershey's Yingling Hershey's Porter and Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey Boilermaker. It's actually not bad. It's, I mean, it's mostly Hershey's. I think I didn't quite get the ratio right. I probably needed a little bit more Screwball, but I was a little tentative. Um, but there is a little hint of peanut butter there. It doesn't exactly taste like a, a Reese's Cup, unfortunately. So that's a little false advertising. But it's it's not bad. It's very heavy, though, between the two of the Hershey's Porter's heavy as hell to begin with. And this just makes it even heavier. But I mean, I, I would make that again, uh, unlike the stag party, which I don't I don't you know, in hindsight, I don't think I would make again. So now let's just take a little sip here. of This is screwball in of itself here. OK, so that's scary. Yeah, that is just absolutely terrifying because it just tastes like peanut butter. Okay. There is no whiskey taste to it whatsoever. It's it is a little thick. I mean, it does have a little a, a little gooiness to it. There's no burn. There's no nothing. Of course, it's only seventy proof, so it's not only a lot of heat. Well, I mean, that's you know. <laughs> I mean, I was for drinking... for whiskey, that's nothing. For yeah. like you know, if you were looking for at something schnapps, like yeah, yeah. I'm looking at their website right now, so if y'all are kind of turned off by, you know, a peanut butter cup cocktail, there's uh, there's one out here on their website you can make that's an ounce and a half of the screwball, three quarters of an ounce of dark rum, and then a half ounce each of orange juice, pineapple juice, and creme de coconut. That doesn't sound terrible. I would try that. You had me until you said creme de coconut, because I have all that other stuff upstairs. I mean, you could just leave that out or use a little, like... You know, coconut milk or something. But I may have found a uh, flavored whiskey I may actually drink, which is a good thing because I have a whole freaking handle of it now. I just, I don't know if I can bring myself to do it. Like a peanut butter as a liquid just seems like it's going to turn my stomach. Well, have you ever had natural peanut butter? Yeah. I mean, I love peanut butter. Well, no, but I mean, like, you know how like in a jar of natural peanut butter, if you let it set too long, the oil kind of comes up to the top? Yeah. It's called That's kind of like what it's like. <laughs> Okay, fair. It's, it's kind of what it's like, only there's booze in it, apparently. Well, I, you know, as much as I'm, I'm joshing around with you, man, I think you're probably having more fun with your whiskey tonight than I am with mine. Well, I, I, I am, but that was completely... I had no idea going into this. I mean, you all are getting my reactions live and in living color here. So um, I was running a little late today, so I brought all the bottles down. I didn't do my experimentating upstairs. So I was just pouring everything into a glass as I was sitting here talking to y'all. So I enjoyed it. We'll see going forward. Because, of course, you know, in the two weeks, what, the two weeks I think it's been since I did the stag party, uh, I've soured a little bit more on that. I think I gave it a six out of 10. I think I gave it like a four and a half out of 10 now. <laughs> so we'll see in a week or two what I think of this in hindsight. But right now, this is definitely more pleasant upon first taste. Nice. So, all right, what are you drinking that you apparently don't like? Two weeks in a row here, we're going to go with something you don't like. Yeah, I'm cocktailing it up next week with something I actually like because it's not a good track record. I pulled uh, one of the last few vials I had from my tasting box, and it's few, 
Have you ever had Few? It's single malt uh, American whiskey. I have not. I've heard of it, but I have not sampled it. Yeah, so this company, they make a lot of different kinds of whiskeys. They've got a bourbon, they've got a rye, they've got just a you know straight American whiskey, and I'm drinking, of course, their single malt. And whereas when I tried the Glenlivet 12 and I really enjoyed it, it was a good single malt scotch, this kind of went in the direction of scotch that I really don't like. And all of the subtle flavors that they're saying I'm supposed to be tasting, it's just, it's all... It's all smoke. It's just smoke and wood. It's all I'm getting out of it. Uh, they it says here that it's uh, 100% malted barley. They smoke it with cherry wood rather than peat. So I mean, it's half a step up on the rung from, you know, the the eau de bog that is some of the uh, non side scotches. But not a fan. Uh, it's it's American whiskey, but it's very. I'm supposed to be getting almond and honey and chocolate and cappuccino and I get a little bit of the cappuccino like th- there's a little bit of like coffee and a little bit of chocolate but overall it's just it, <laughs> I'm looking at the tasting notes on their website and they're like and a subtle smoke from cherry and oak and I'm like no this is just someone breathed smoke in my face <laughs> this is ashtray the, the scotch I'm kind of letting it mellow in my glass a little bit, and it's gotten better since the first sip I took, but I don't know. I It smells a bit chocolatey and a bit like almond, and then you taste it, and it's just wood and smoke, and I, I don't love that. I, I really like it when I can actually taste some of those flavor notes. I, I'm kind of glad I didn't. I didn't pay full price for this bottle because I I checked it out at the liquor store a couple times. You can get their bourbon for relatively, uh, you know, a relatively affordable price, but the the single malt it, this is like 60-70 bucks a bottle depending on where you buy, buy it. So, can't recommend this one, folks. Yeah, you would have been really hot if you had paid full price for it. Woof. We would have had our 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 first expletive laden rant from your end of the mic. Yeah, I'm I'm usually really careful when I go to buy bottles. If it's relatively something that I think I would like, I'm a really big fan of going to a liquor store and finding like those little tags that say this is new and you know, here's what it's like or something like that cuz I I mean, I could go online and get recommendations if I wanted to, but I kind of like the experience. So, uh few the company is few, F E W all caps. Uh, single malt whiskey, and it's American. I, I mean, I I assume the only thing separating it from scotch at this point is the actual Scottish water, which means they can't call it <laughs> scotch. So would you say that your future glasses of that would be few and far between? Oh! This is why I don't let them make the jokes, folks. <laughs> All right, well, on to something that isn't a joke. Yes, something that Our is... topic of the week. Yes, something that is awesome and near and dear. I, I, you know, I'm going to go out and say that this is one of the few things in the world that's an absolute good. Oh, I think so. I don't know of any, like, weirdness with the, the company. I've never heard that they exploit their labor. Well, and it's just... I don't know anyone, with the possible exception of parents of young children stepping on them in the middle of the night, but even that's more of a running joke at this point, I don't know anyone that doesn't like Legos. Yeah, true. And and that's not even like a peer pressure, you know, haha, you're weird thing. Like, I legitimately don't, you never hear, like, even on, you know, the cesspools of the internet, like Reddit or Twitter or the YouTube comments pages, you never even hear a troll making fun of Legos. Everyone likes Lego. So, you know, here we are. Of course, as we said earlier, it comes from Denmark, uh, from the small carpentry workshop of Ole Kirk Christensen. Yeah, say that five times fast. Ole Kirk Christensen, Ole Kirk Christensen, Ole Kirk Christensen, Ole Kirk Christensen, Ole Kirk... Oh, God damn it, I got the floor. <laughs> Last time I make that joke, folks. <laughs> well, this one, you're going to laugh at this one, because it's in... the. Billund, Denmark, I believe. B-I-L-L-U-N-D. I believe that's how you say it. Billund. And it was founded in... Well, it was actually purchased by Christensen in 1916, but it had been in business prior to that uh, for 20 years. It was 1895. So the shop, you know, 
it was quite the institution. Legos originally were wood. You know, that's one of those things that I, I've known and then I forget and then I know and then I forget and then I know and then I forget. Yeah. And it's always one of those, oh, yeah, they were wood. Um, but do you know what the biggest, well, the, the biggest obstacle, of course, was the lack of plastics during World War II, which was, you know, a mite disrupting to European uh, economic trade, to say the least. But do you know what the second uh, slightly more grassroots level problem with wooden Legos was? No. And I'm not making this up, folks. The shop kept burning down. <laughs> because wood is flammable. That makes sense. And their giant stores of Legos would burn to the ground. It happened at least three times that I could see before 1960 in my research here. Uh, it, interestingly... It's crazy but, no, to me that Lego has been around that long. Like, I, I logically understand that Lego has been around since well before I was a thing, but... I, I don't know. There's something timeless about Lego that makes it feel like it's your special thing from your childhood. Yes. And, and, you know, this is... You bring up a good point there, DJ, because it's not like Nintendo. Nintendo's been around since the 1890s, but they were playing... They are building playing cards and having love hotels. Like, Nintendo, as we know it, didn't rise until the late 70s, early 80s with the Donkey Kong arcade machines. Yes, the company was old, but its modern iteration is... Is our age. Yeah. Legos have been Legos <laughs> since the Great Depression, <laughs> which is just staggering. It really is. I mean, it, and, you know, as you said, everybody, you know, has their, their set. Everybody has their, their project that they did, and it was like their thing. You'd go over to your friend's house, and your friends would have Legos, but they were their Legos. Yeah. <laughs> These are my Legos. Exactly. You didn't fuck with another kid's Legos. No. There were just some rules you didn't do. Yeah. And that was one of them. I mean, you could certainly judge them for how they threw all of their Legos into a giant bin and then lost all the instructions, but... Well, you know, that's only if you buy a set. Because have you ever just bought a box of Legos? Uh, when I was a little kid, my parents started buying me those and... Uh, there are very few things I am OCD about, and Lego is one of them. So after a while, my parents just stopped buying me this, the boxes and just only bought me sets. See, I think, uh, much like a lot of other kids, growing up, you know, the old man was a mechanic. Well, still is technically a mechanic, even though he doesn't really work anymore. He gets paid for what he knows, not what he does. So I always kind of like to tinker. So I enjoyed the fact that you could just sort of cobble shit together and see what works and see what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, especially once, you know, because, of course, I, I like everybody else, I had sets, too. Uh, but the one uh, Formula One set I had, once I realized you could strip the cars down to their base chassis and then use those, you know, base chassis pieces to do, you know, design whatever the hell you wanted... That really became half the fun of Legos to me. Um, uh, or inevitably, once you smash the cars from the set, you know, then instead of putting them back together, we'll put them back together wrong on purpose. Oh, my God. Because, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling anxious just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, hey, there's a reason why Terrell built a car in the 70s with six wheels. Somebody tried something somewhere. And, you know, that ended up winning the Swedish Grand Prix in 76. But regardless, do you know what they credit, besides the switch to plastic post-World War II, do you know what the company credits as the uh, biggest success point, the biggest advancement in Lego technology? Was it Brick 2.0? Well, that's more modern. But the thing that really made it take off initially was the introduction, and of course this is what we just take for granted, of the hollow tubes in the bottom, the little interlocking pieces. Oh, yeah. Because the original ones just had the nubs on top, and they were more open on the bottom, so they didn't really lock. They just sort of sat on top of one another. Uh, whereas once uh, they were put together, and that wasn't actually until 1958, so you basically had 40 years of the original design. Nice. Which is kind of interesting um, to think of. Of course, you know, for those of you playing the home game, uh, the Lego name came because Oli Kirk had a 
contest in 1934 amongst the staff to name both the product and the company. And in, things were so tough, because again, this was the Depression, that the reward was a bottle of homemade wine. <laughs> <laughs> that was what you got. And it's a self-made contraction from the Danish phrase legot, meaning roughly play well, although some other sources claim that it is a bastardization interpretation of the Latin for I assemble. Which, yes and no. I mean, speaking as somebody who's had a few years of Latin, yes and no. I can see where they're going with that, but I think it's a little bit more Danish than it is Latin. But see, I always, I always figure it's just what you yelled when one of your friends tried to pick up one of your sets. Slap their hand. <laughs> Lego! Lego! <laughs> um, when my father stepped on in the middle of the night, it was always, God damn it. But that was neither here nor there. <laughs> work at 4.30 in the morning, and I never really like to pick up my toys. Benefit of being an only child. Yes. So what was my, my weirdly enough, the, the first set I can remember buying, I think I, well, not buying, but my parents bought for me, I think I actually had before the F1 set, was a firehouse, a big red firehouse. What, what was the uh, first set you remember getting? Oh, it's so hard. I was really into planes at the time that I was getting into Lego and finally old enough to play with them. So my dad would just buy me like any airplane set that they had. I don't have any of those anymore. Um, I, I I have a bucket downstairs collecting dust that's a bunch of sets that are like all mixed together. I'm sure there's probably some pieces in there of it. But I also like... I was too young to really realize that there was a difference between like Lego and Mega Blocks and some of the others. So I, I remember like just getting a bunch of like knockoff sets that were like, you know, s space this and plane that. And I think I had like some trucks or something like that. They were always vehicles for me. Yeah, no, I, I had, you know, I had a lot of the vehicles, too. I had the Formula One set that I mentioned. I had a dune buggy set. I, I believe the firehouse had a fire truck with it. I can't imagine it wouldn't. Um, <laughs> probably sold separately because Lego. Well, yes, probably. More than likely, <laughs> yes. And then later on, when I got a little older, I started buying some of the uh, Ferrari sets. That was one of the first licenses. Because, of course, that's the big thing with Lego now, at least since... We were in college going forward where all the licenses, oh, yeah. Warner Brothers being the big one, DC Comics, um, Harry Potter. I was actually looking at in Target. I went to Target uh, over the weekend for some birthday gifts for my godson and ended up in the Lego aisle from myself because, you know, I'm an adult. And there's Super Mario Lego sets now. Oh, yeah. there's um, there, It's their new, like, Toys to Life thing. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was very interesting. So the, the Ferrari team was one of the first ones that I can remember. Uh, I'm sure there were earlier ones, but it was the first one I remember seeing. Uh, and, you know, you have the whole pit crew set. You have the transporter set. You know, you have the road cars. You have the race cars. And in college, I have to go down to my parents' house and see where the hell it ended up. In college, I had a huge one-eighth scale Technics set that was nice. the uh, F2004 with a, and it was cool because it actually had a clear engine and you could see the pistons and everything moving up and down and working. So that took me quite a while, drunk off my ass in college with Lou, <laughs> to, to, to put together. But I have to find out where the hell that went now that I'm thinking about it. But That's awesome. No, Le Legos are cool. Um, they're educational. We mentioned earlier that if you just buy a box of Legos, it literally comes in a brown cardboard box. Yeah. Uh, they famously list their ages. What is it? Two to ninety nine, three to ninety nine. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think because of lawsuits, it's actually like something like seven or eight to ninety nine now because <laughs> thou shalt swallow these small pieces. When we were in grade school, we used to always joke we never wanted to live to be 100 because mm -hmm. we can't play with Legos anymore. Yeah, it's it's like the biggest internet meme about Legos, right? <laughs> but uh, even before, you know, the quote-unquote 21st century wokeness or social justiceness or anything like that, Lego was famous for these sets aren't branded. Mm -hmm. um, no matter what set you buy, if you look at the box, there are boys and girls playing with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the few companies that ever really got that right. Yes. And they never really addressed it unless they were asked because it was just such a 
common idea to them. Like, no, Legos are for everyone. Why is why are people making a thing of this? <laughs> like, you know, just you want to play with Legos, play with Legos. Yeah, it's it's really good to see even today because there are what could be considered or conceivably seen as like traditionally male or female like sets, but uh, even in sets like like right now they have like a whole set of like Lego friends. All the commercials are boys and girls playing together. They have Lego fairies, which is, you know, brightly colored pastels. The boxes are like purple and pink. I have heard people refer to them as like girl Legos. And I'm like, nah, it's not. Just watch the commercials, guys. Like these are for everybody. There are no gendered Legos. No, there's never been like a Barbie Lego. No. No, there, there has not. And I'm trying to find, so excuse me as I get a little distracted here, because I had a very interesting um, tidbit I wanted to drop in when we were talking about branding, and then I lost it. Oh, some of the, here's some of the licenses. This is what I was looking for, but some of the licenses uh, were in 1999 was the first third-party licenses. Do you want to guess what the first four were across 1999 and 2000? It wasn't Looney Tunes. No. Did we get... Were any of them superheroes? No. Hmm. This is going to be hard. We didn't get Disney back then. Well, the second one is a Disney property. Is it? Well, actually, the first one is now a Disney property. So Simpsons? No. The first one was Star Wars. Damn it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, makes that makes sense. Because 99 yeah. was the Phantom Menace, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the second one was Winnie the Pooh, which uh, I never would have guessed. Yeah, okay. The third one in 2000 was Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter left and came back like in the last like three or four years. And then the last one is a little bit more general, but it's Steven Spielberg IPs. So Jurassic Park, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Wasn't there like a short run of E.T. things at one point? I believe there was. There was the bicycle and all those, you know, fun little things. Yeah, I think E.T. was in Dimensions. Lego Dimensions is one of those things that I really, really, really wanted to get into and then just never did. And I don't know why. It's a lot of fun. It, 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 it was part of the whole toys to life craze. And unfortunately the only one that still exists is, uh, Nintendo's, whatchamacallit, Amiibos. I had a few of those. See, I, everything I read about dimensions is that they're Amiibos that, like actually do something. Yeah. Let's be honest. Amiibos don't really do anything. Uh, they no, didn't anyway. So I, I mean, I can, I can take it from here and talk about Lego Dimensions. So Lego Dimensions was, uh, it was part of this like toys to life craze in like the uh, early like 2010s. So, you know, it, it lasted for like four or five years and it, it included um, Disney Infinity. Uh, so there were these like figures you'd get in real life. Uh, it included Lego Dimensions. It included Nintendo Amiibo. But it started way, way back with, like, Skylanders, I believe is what it was called. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Skylanders was, like, I feel like they were coming out when Mark and I were in, like, college. Like, it, it was a while yeah, back. Like, it was, It was, like, junior year of college, yeah. Yeah. Where it was these, you would buy these physical figures, put them on a play platform... And you would get the character in a video game on a console. Uh, I don't know if any of them ever got to PC. I, I never tried. I, I never played Skylanders. I was It was a little bit young for me. But LEGO Dimensions was amazing. It started off, you got Batman, you got Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. And I never remember who the third person is. But it, you got like this base set. And it was this whole thing about how like there's a Lego multiverse and different like Lego IPs were crashing into each other and you could collect all of these figures. So there was a bunch of Marvel. Uh, actually, I don't think Marvel got into dimensions. DC definitely did. Um, DC went hard, like, you know, cyborg and Harley Quinn and Joker, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, all the way to like Dr. Who was, it was in there and had his own levels 
and uh, it was just great. Uh, there was a whole Harry Potter world, uh, but like, like that whole craze, it just disappeared after a few years. Like people stopped buying the sets. They had all the ones they wanted. The, I don't think the advertising was doing well. I think Lego ended up like losing money on it by the end, and they just quit doing it. Which kind of gets me into talking about like what what it is to be a fan of Lego as an adult because there's one like, word <laughs> minifigs yeah minifigs uh, there is a there is a lot to be said about modern day Lego uh, Lego is still super fun but as Mark can attest to uh, the the most like playability we ever had with Lego as a kid was either making your own set out of a pile of Lego bricks or maybe like a spinning wheel or a door that would open. You know, there wasn't much in terms of like, you know, utility on the Lego set. And now, nowadays we've got Lego sets. Uh, there was a secret agent series that was out. It was a, it was like a Lego mainline IP. It wasn't licensed. Uh, and the Lego sets, after you built them, they would transform. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, we've got Lego mechs. We've got articulated Lego dragons. We've got every Marvel set has some sort of vehicle associated with it. Uh, at least three times a year, they release a new series of Batman with every new conceivable Batman vehicle you can think of. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there, I don't know if you've seen this, Mark. There's one I've got my eye on, which is the 1969 Lego Batwing. Yes, I actually saw they had a, a box for some of the, the 69 set uh, over at Target, which was very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it, Lego's awesome. Um, so I that there's an entire community of adult Lego fans, and uh, it, we're not... <laughs> We have our own acronym. We're known as uh, AFOLs, Adult Fans of Lego. See, and, I learned something today. Yeah, okay. uh, and there are entire communities for it. There's uh, there are blogs that track releases. Uh, I'm uh, if you're ever looking to like get into Lego a little bit, you know, maybe you have some kids who are interested, or you yourself are feeling nostalgic. There's a really great blog I follow called uh, the Brick Fan. You can just find it on Google, the Brick Fan, and uh, they're pretty keyed into like when new releases are are dropping in a few months, or uh, like what the new deals are going to be in the Lego store. Uh, and being an adult fan of Lego, that's the kind of thing that you have to be careful of because if you want a Lego set, uh, Legos very rarely go on sale, uh, and they are rather expensive for a bunch of molded plastic. Um, I've, I always found, uh, there was always a rumor back when Mark and I were kids that Lego was worth more, more pound for pound than gold. Yes, I remember this. Yeah, that's, that was actually true at different times in Lego's history. So there's this really great, great quote from the Wikipedia page on Lego that says, In February of 2015, Lego replaced Ferrari as brand finances world's <laughs> most powerful brand. <laughs> and at certain points, investing in Lego sets was more valuable than investing in gold, which is really fun to think about the giant Rubbermaid containers I have in my closet full of perfectly curated Lego sets. That's just, you know, with, with my motorsports background and the fact that it's considered a more powerful brand than Ferrari just tickles me uh, to no end. <laughs> you, you, you just look at it from a Formula One perspective. Ferrari gets, well, nobody knows the exact number, but it's well into the nine figures every year as a legacy payment from the FIA. So before they, they even show up for a single race, they've made at least $100 million in these legacy payments just because Formula One as a whole is so much less valuable. Yeah. Ferrari doesn't show up. <laughs> but at the same time, maybe they should be paying Lego. But, I mean, I think they're, uh, you know, you and I have hinted at the comic book crisis that DC is facing right now. And uh, there's probably something to be said for DC kind of surviving through its Lego IPs. Yes, that has been an interesting... Um, little thing that I was going to talk about because the two main 
two main things, at least for me anyway, in the modern era, because the, the one problem really, you know, DJ was talking about the utility. The sets are certainly more utilitarian than they ever were when we were kids. Yeah. But you have a whole new series of problems as an adult. At least I do, you know. The wife won't let me put this crap together and, you know, let it stay out and play with it. <laughs> I mean, I have tens of thousands of dollars in historic Lionel trains sitting in my attic that I'm only allowed to have up three weeks out of the year at Christmas. <laughs> you know, so I can't go and buy some of these glorious sets and put them together because once they're together, I immediately have to put them away again. See, the, for me, that's the entire fun. For, I, I have... I've had the Lego roller coaster up since the beginning of the pandemic, and that's the longest I've had a Lego set up in like ten years. See, I, I think the Ferrari pit garage is still up in my bedroom at my parents' house. <laughs> and I put that together in high school, and I think it's still on a shelf in, in my in my old bedroom. But so if if you're like us, and either you can't keep things up or you just don't want to, probably the two biggest things in the last twenty. 15 to 20 years for Lego have been the video games yep. and the minifigs, which exactly. really go hand in hand. Um, and uh, I don't know, was Lego Batman really the first big video game or was it Indiana Jones? Because Indiana Jones was big. I had that one. Uh, I, I think it was actually Lego Star Wars. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, uh, there was a series of Lego games. I believe they started off on the DS or whatever the handheld was, 3DS, DS. They all run together for me. Whatever I mean, the Nintendo it, it, handheld du jour was. Well, okay. So before we get into that, do you know what the first Lego video game ever was and when it was? Ever? Yeah. Lego Racers was pretty early, but that wasn't the first. It was not. Uh, that's seven or eight down on this list. Okay, no, I don't have a clue. Uh, it was called Lego Fun to Build. It was released in 1995 on the Sega Pico. What? <laughs> I have never even heard of that. Okay, what's the first one that was released that some of us listening may have actually played? Probably uh, 97 Lego Island on Windows. Oh, um, I do. I do remember Lego Island. Okay, yeah. yes. Uh, I think I had Lego Creator in like '98. Lego Racers was on the N64 and the PlayStation. Yes. And, I had that one. Yeah. Also, the Game Boy Color. Uh, when we get into like the themed IPs, like it's it's a while down. Like there was a lot of Bionicle games. Um, there's like Lego City. Uh, there's been a huge series of like, you know, go catch the cops and robbers kind of games uh in the lego city series but the first licensed property uh, i was wrong it was lego harry potter in 2001 okay that makes a lot of sense actually yeah and so these spawned a whole series there was there were dc game well originally they were batman games and they became dc universe as a whole there were marvel games avengers games there was harry potter there was indiana jones there was star wars and what was a lot of fun with these games was they would take all of the movies and they would smash them all together and you would play through the storyline. You'd play through levels that were themed after all of these movies. But you would play as minifigs, Lego minifigs of the different characters from these movies. And they were ostensibly kids' games, but like every great IP that has aged with time, and the IP in this case being Legos, they knew that a lot of their audience uh, was going to be older, and so they threw in a lot of adult humor, a lot of adult jokes, some callbacks to other things, some pop culture references. So they were pretty good platforming games to begin with. They weren't very deep. They weren't, you know, uh, game of the year contenders by any stretch. But they had great replay value because you'd want to keep unlocking the different characters, and they were funny. They were legitimately witty. Oh, yeah. And no matter what fandom you were in chances are lego made a game of it they did yeah that they, they they had like big universe breaking ones like lego dimensions was kind of considered part of these lego series but you know marvel avengers uh the lego batman movies kind of got fused in that there's three lego batman movies all uh sorry 
Lego Batman games alone. And then there's like the Lego super villains from DC game that Mark is a huge fan of. Well, well, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the callbacks. They, uh, I don't know, have the sales numbers of that game in front of me. I don't have the budget. I don't have anything like that. I can almost guarantee you they didn't make their money back just because of the voice cast alone. Uh, they brought Mark Hamill back to be the Joker. They brought Clancy Brown back to be Lex Luthor. They brought Con- Kevin Conroy back to be Batman. They brought Arlen Sorkin back to be Harley Quinn. I forget her name off the top of my head, but the original voice actor of Mercy Graves from Superman the Animated Series, they found her, threw a bag of money at her. So it basically was, when I downloaded that game and was playing it at the end of last year, it was like it was a Saturday morning on the old WB network when I was in grade school. <laughs> um, and that was the, you know, the kind of crap that they did for most of these games. If they had a way to make it better, they would. Yeah. I'm looking My up only... to see if there is a budget, and I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the story's basically a rehash of Forever Evil, which was a great, you know, seven-shot comic run, but if you've read that, you, you know immediately the way the story's going. But regardless, it was a fun little nostalgia trip, and there was close to 300 characters you could play as if you have all the DLC, so... Yeah, it gets crazy. I am a really big fan of the Lego Marvel games. This will probably crop up in our Marvel vs. DC episode at some point. But yeah, the the Marvel superhero games were amazing. Uh, You know, every flavor of any Marvel hero, plus like some weird offshoots. There's always, I mean, with a cast of 300 characters you can play as, there's always some weird offshoots that you have to go then look up because you've never heard of them. Yes. And usually the games, um, now I don't know about the Marvel games, but I know in all the Lego Batman games and their, their offshoots, they would usually tell you like what the first appearance of this character was. They would, yeah. You know, and that's really cool, too, because you could see, okay, all right, well, this was in this storyline and this was in this storyline. And, you know, you learn a lot, which is kind of fun. Yeah, the best thing about it for me is like I've actually discovered like favorite comic plots of mine uh, through Lego games. Like I found out about, you know, the, the 2005 run of invisible Iron Man through this. And I was like, Oh my God, that's a cool suit. I'm going to go read this. And it's amazing. And so that spawned the other big thing in the last 15 years, which are the minifigs themselves. Yes. Do you know what series of minifig we're on right now? Officially? Oh no. See, okay. You, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you what the, what the first one officially recognized as having a correct skin tone was, but okay, go ahead. You first. Okay. The, uh, we're currently on series 20, but there is a, I think there's a current DC superheroes set. See, I would have thought the number would have been higher than 20. I would have guessed higher. They, they don't generally count the, like, I think Simpsons has had their own. That's not in the same number scheme. Right. You know, stuff like that. So do you want to guess, what is officially recognized, at least by Lego, as the first correct skin-toned minifig. I don't know. I mean, I assume the skin tone was yellow. No. Really? Yes. I'll give you the year. It was 2003, so it's not long ago. Oh, wow. I have no idea. Was it Batman? Lando Calrissian. Oh, <laughs> Nice. Because as DJ alluded to, for those of you playing the home game, uh, well into the 90s, every character uh, was just yellow. Like, think Simpsons hues. Yeah. Um, And then they started with the pirate line. They started playing around with some different faces and some different tones. But the pirate line has kind of been disavowed officially. Um, And even if you still go to a Lego store, at least the one in King of Prussia, which is the closest one to me, if you go there and dig around just in their giant bins for parts a good portion of at least the hands are still yellow. Yeah. It's harder to get different flesh tones, no matter what flesh tone you want. Oh, yeah. What yellow... So for anybody who doesn't know, yellow has been the, like... It's it's like a day-glow Lego yellow, right? Like Yeah, we're, we're not talking about, like, a banana here. Like, it's its its own color. It is. Like, it's Lego yellow. And it it, it was, like... OG after they stopped making wood figures, it was the like what Mark and I grew up with. Every little Lego character was yellow. 
And if you go take a look at their their official minifigure series, the ones that aren't licensed, uh, most of them are still using like Lego Yellow, and it's gone from being kind of like, well, we don't know how to do skin tones to anytime they want to do a you know a skin tone that represents all, they go back to Lego Yellow. Yes, and, and it also works with. It's a good way to differentiate the two series. And it's a different way to make the licensed IPs a little bit more exclusive. Yeah. Because for the most part, there aren't any yellow licensed ones. There's a few exceptions, but 95 plus percent of them aren't yellow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And they've done a really good job of like trying to be pretty damn representative. You know, I'm I'm taking a look at the, the latest DC superheroes and they're all like the proper flesh tone like you know i'm looking at uh uh not bizarro um sinestro he's bright purple like that they went like true to form lego's got like a the the joker's got a you know a clown white face superman and and wonder woman are are both you know flesh toned it's they do a really hard job of like keeping true to each character now and so these are basically the Funko Pops of the Lego world. Oh, they are. Although I would argue that these look a lot closer to the characters than a, than a Funko Pop does. But that's a whole other rant for another day. <laughs> um, so, you know, chances are whatever fandom you're in, if you go on, you know, the official channels or if you go on eBay, eBay is great for minifigs. It's where I buy a lot of mine. You will find what you want. And those that's just in the official capacity. There's a lot of third-party sites and a lot of people on Etsy that cobble together um, minifigs they don't make. Like, for example, they don't make a Mercy Graves. So I had to go to the Lego store and build one myself to go along with Lex. Yeah, that's how um, I got my first Ghost Rider. Yeah, I think that's how AJ got his first Deadpool. And then eventually, if there's enough demand, they finally get released, and there's much rejoicing. And then the price goes up eightfold. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it, you know, just, just looking at, you know, Lex Luthor, who, who, of course, I collect, and who's not the most popular DC villain, there is, you know, two versions of the power suit Lex Luthor. You have your green armor. You have your purple armor. There is tuxedo Lex Luthor. <laughs> there is white tuxedo Lex Luthor. There is Jesse Eisenberg, young punk kid with hair, Lex Luthor. There's Orange Lantern, Lex Luthor. <laughs> and these are just all the official ones. I think there's a prisoner one where he's in an orange jumpsuit and he has a little ball and chain around his ankles. Yep. So, you know, uh, then you look at Batman. I think there's, what, like 25 Batman, something like that? <laughs> oh, right yeah, there's, a, there's an insane amount. And, I mean, it, it, you can go down a really big hole <laughs> trying to collect... Yes. Because, I mean, the... the cheapest ones, you know, like the, the little X that I carry around to do photos with and whatnot, I think with shipping I paid something like eight fifty or eight sixty four. You find some of these ones that are given away at conventions or that are limited releases, you're looking at a couple hundred dollars for a minifig. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, for Christmas one year, AJ got me like a custom-built Damian Wayne because they didn't have one at that point. Yeah, and, you know, so there's a nice little cottage industry around that. Sadly, still nobody has made the Payday crew yet. (laughs) Seriously, somebody on Etsy listening to this, just make Dallas. I will give you an ungodly sum of money for (laughs) a decent-looking Dallas minifig. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, being an adult fan of Lego, there's a crazy community out there of, like, trying to find different bricks, trying to find different uh, minifigures. There was, okay, I I know we're running a little bit long, but Mark, I I wanted to ask you what your, like, what your, like, white whale for Lego would be. Because I know what mine would be. The Saturn V. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, they did I, just release it again. Uh, they released it under a new Lego number. I, I know, but at least the original set, and this is not me exaggerating, I have bought and raced cars for less than what they wanted. The original <laughs> set. Not that I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just stating fact. I have bought cars and driven them for a considerable amount of time 
for less than they wanted for the Saturn V. But that would be my white whale. What, what about yours? Uh, mine would be, and this is a bit of a deep cut, but there was a set that they released. Like, you could win it in a competition, and I tried to sign up for the competition, and it was the Lego Bat Pod. Okay. Uh, it's the it's the motorcycle from the Dark Knight with Christian Bale where he launches it out of the tumbler after the Joker Blake like blows it up. Yes, and you could get the Bat Pod. There was like three or four times you could get it. Like some of them were competitions, some of them were like you could spend your Lego VIP points on them. I'm looking on eBay right now, and sealed in box, this set is seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. Again, I have bought and raced cars for less than that. Yeah. I have tried to get this like half a dozen times, and it's one of the hardest like special sets to try and build on your own because it requires two of the tires from the official tumbler set that is no longer like in like they're not producing it anymore. And that is like one of the single rarest Lego bricks that you can get is the tire. So you've actually inspired me. I, I've gone on uh, eBay now, and it looks like since they've issued it a new number, because I don't care about numbers, the Saturn V has actually crashed. <laughs> it looks like you can get uh, an, oh, an unopened one for about a buck fifty now, which is not bad at all for that set. It's uh, amazing. Now, now, the one with the original number, we won't get into, but I, I don't care about numbers. I just want a big rocket in my house. So, yeah, yeah, I'm literally that might have to happen. I'm literally looking at one from the competition. Twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, they, they, they're throwing in free shipping, though. So, you know, well, hey, you know, you got that going for you. You, you don't have to worry about about that. Yeah. And, you know, if anybody wants to sponsor us, I'd, you'd feel free to send me one. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we'll take it. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a, a, a plug on the air. But yeah, ultimately, uh, I mean, we're closing up the episode here, but Legos, awesome as an adult, awesome as kids. Oh, well, here, here's your sign right here. This is a good way to end. The empty box for the original Saturn V, the first number Saturn V. You want to know what the, the bid is up to just for the empty box? 500 bucks? Well, no, it's, it's 45, but it has... 11 days left and there's multiple people bidding on it just for the box there's nothing else in it yeah uh the the plaque alone that comes in the box with the bat pod without the box or the lego set or the instructions is 50 bucks right now yeah so now if i'm gonna spend 50 bucks on 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 a box just a box with instructions i'll get the case for f-zero gx (laughs) but but that's just me personally but uh, on that note, thank you to all of our awesome listeners for listening this week. Um, hey, you know, I, I, I'm a man of my word. Big shout out to DJ Sensei. <laughs> yeah. Th- um, <laughs> thank you, Sensei Brian. Yes. Thank you, Sensei Brian. And I'm not just saying that because you could legitimately kick my ass. I am greatly appreciative of the uh, five star review. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm tipping the last remnants of my peanut butter cup to you. So, yes, this, that, that says it all today, doesn't it, folks? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll salute you next week, Sensei, when I have a slightly better whiskey on my hands. But we do love all of our listeners. We appreciate you listening. If you have any feedback uh, whatsoever, uh, whether it be on Legos, whether it be on whiskeys to try or not try. Or you just want to, you know, shout out and say, hey, the Witten Whiskey Cast at gmail.com. We're on the Witten Whiskey Cast on Facebook and on Instagram. Of course, no H in Wit, no matter how many times I put it in. <laughs> and no E in Whiskey. No, definitely the E in the Whiskey. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, definitely the E in the Whiskey. So I was looking at, I've been trying to get my, I got a new Alexa, and you can link your Apple podcasts to your Alexa so you can listen to us. Through your Alexa app and all your smart speakers, theoretically, the problem is Alexa, at least mine anyway, does not recognize the word wit. So just make sure you're not partially drunk when you ask Alexa to play our podcast. That may be the problem. She keeps (laughs) thinking I'm saying witch. So maybe for Halloween, maybe our episode will be the Witch and Whiskey podcast. Oh, that'd be pretty good. But if you wanted to listen to us, we're up on our website, uh, thewitandwhiskeycast.com. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We got some stuff on Podbean. Uh, we're 
we're looking into Google Podcasts, although that seems a little bit more uh, in-depth. They seem to be a little bit snobbier than Apple. The only time in recorded history, I think, that you know, Google seems to be a little snobbier than Apple seems to be with podcasts. Yeah. I th- maybe for season two, that might be a thing. Yeah, I think for season two, we're going to take a look at iHeartRadio and uh, Google Podcasts. We'll, we'll see what, what it takes to get into some more places. But seems like people have been able to find us. But if you want to take the chance, uh, subscribe to us on where we are at. We know Spotify will allow you to subscribe, uh, as will Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you're liking what we put out there, feel free to give us uh, that review up on Apple Podcasts. We'll uh, shout you out if you let us know that you did that. It's true. Now, do we want to do we want to reveal our tentative plans for season two? You know, or do we want to wait. I think it's probably fair to reveal that we're we're closing out season one soon, right? We are. We, we've been discussing this, and we think 15 episodes is a good number for the first season. Um, that's a mid-season replacement of any sitcom on network TV, which I would argue that's about what this level has been for season one. Yeah. We're, we're a good mid-season replacement sitcom. We're going to take a few weeks off, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving and into the Christmas rush. We're, we're going to do a Christmas special of some variety. Yeah, we're definitely uh, doing a Christmas special. We're definitely, Mark, I, we're I, definitely no, I, doing I, a Christmas I, special. I, I am, I'm not opposed to doing a Christmas episode as long as I get to uh, be drunk and grouchy and my usual self and share my thoughts on uh, the beast that cannot be fed that is known as Christmas. Yes. Um, But we are going to do a Christmas special of some variety. I I do agree to that. And then we're going to come out um, probably around the new year and hit it hard with uh, season two. And we have some big plans for season two, which we're still in the process of finalizing. But I think you guys are all going to like it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in the meantime, we don't want to leave you with nothing. So, um, you know, between Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas, we're going to feed drop some some various trailers and, and give you kind of some sneak peeks at what, what's coming. So feel free to keep an eye out for that. Uh, I think I figured out how to make our Christmas special a, a bonus episode. So we'll kind of... Uh, play it like Doctor Who and do a Christmas special this year. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. That that would be a lot of fun. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. We're going to drop some trailers. We, uh, you know, Lord knows between what we've already recorded and what we're going to record, we'll prob- we, we definitely have some bloopers already. We'll probably have some more, so maybe we can <laughs> release a little short blooper reel, gag reel. And, yeah, we're going to keep you fed with content for the weeks. But it looks like we're only going to have... Uh, two new episodes after this one. And so we, we know what we're going to end with, but we don't know what we're going to do next week. So I, th- that's a great segue. I have to feed you a few topics here, don't I? Yeah, I get to pick our penultimate season one episode. I'm excited. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. So I have to find our topic list. So do we want to do... Ooh, I'll save that one for last. Uh... Christmas is coming up. The holiday rush is coming up. The new console war is coming up. Do we want to do an episode on the Switch? Hmm. Maybe. Do we want to do an episode on board games? Again, thinking gift-wise here, early gift-wise. Uh, or, and I have a feeling you're going to say no, because this one will probably be a multi-parter, but I did promise you we'd do an episode on it at some point. Do we want to do the Pokemans? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's tempting. I think, I think I want to do board games. I think, I think I want to do board games because somewhere Dave is very hard and he doesn't know why. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we have a mutual love of all sorts of games. Uh, but season one, we've talked about video games. We've talked literature and movies. But we haven't hit, you know, candlelit tabletop board games. So let's let's do that next week. That'd be amazing. All right, let's set a few ground rules right here, right now. We'll pick three each, and we can't pick D and D for obvious reasons. We can't pick D and D. I agree. No. And all of yours cannot be risk. No, 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 no. Although one of them is going to be a risk variant. It's not going to be risk itself. Uh, but I will throw out there, it could be other tabletop games as long as they're not D&D and as long as they're not Pathfinder. Yes, I think that's completely fair. I'm putting in the pick three now. Okay, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we are going to do board games and whiskey. Of course, you know, 
don't forget to uh, check out uh, Nuno Henry Silva's SoundCloud. He gave us this awesome intro, this awesome outro. You know, I, I don't think I'm spoiling too much of the plot here to say I think he's going to pop up a little bit more in season two. I'm fairly confident in that. Oh, yeah. I'd, um, I'd love to get him in for a couple episodes. I think he can give us some hot takes in Star Wars, too. Which is always a good time because I will just sit here with a bag of popcorn. I'll be the moderator for that. <laughs> screw the presidential debates. The two of you going at it over uh, Star Wars would be, you know, damn entertaining. <laughs> so definitely give him a shout out. Uh, but man, ooh, my brain's racing now. Board games and whiskey next week. I oh, I can't wait. Uh, we have we have shouted at each other in Russian accents over many a board game. So I can't see, wait which, for this to happen. Which one of us is going to get that game though? Because we both own it. Uh, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna get. It. I'm still contemplating whether or not I bring the beast next week. Well, I think you should. <laughs> I, I'm throwing that out there. I think you should. That might be my my honorable mention. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, so that's that. I totally took over. You were supposed to do the ending this week. Screw it. I'm doing it all. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everybody who's subscribed and reviewed out there. Uh, We really wouldn't have gotten this far without people giving us feedback and telling us that they liked it. Uh, It's... Uh, you know, it's a little bit of work here and there, but it's nice to have something to send out into the world. So as we're gearing up for our penultimate episode, we just want to thank all of our fans and and we're hoping you're going to like what comes in season two. So you'll like the way you look. I guarantee it. Oh, wait, that's a different commercial entirely. <laughs> all right. On that note, salute and cheers. Cheers.